Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 24 of Wrestle Life Radio. My name is Matt, and I'm here with BWC. That is my beautiful wife, Carol. Yeah, I just came up with that. How clever. You're so clever. I'm so clever. Uh, we're going to tell you all about SmackDown, but before we do that, it is September the 12th, 2019, and we're going to go with This Day in Wrestling History. Chris told me last time I didn't do a good job. Is that one okay? Eh. Eh. Should I try again? I think you should let me try. You want to do it? All right, go for it. Let's do it. This Day in Wrestling History. It's good. It's good. It's not as good. It's not a Chris good. Nobody can be Chris good. That's true. So that's fair. That's fair. 20 years ago today, on September 12th, 1999, WCW Fall Brawl happened and Sting defeated... Hulk Hogan to become six-time WCW champion. Now, tell me how WCW this sounds. This is what uh, what the website that I'm reading this from says. The match saw interference from Bret Hart, Lex Luger, Sid Vicious, and Diamond Dallas Page. Welcome to WCW. Moving on to SmackDown. Who would never have such ridiculous interference? And no, that's not a precursor. I don't think that really happened in this show. The show opened with the lights going out and a gong. And if you saw the show, you will see on the right side of your screen, this guy just freaking out. It was great. I'm pretty sure he knew he was on TV, but I don't really care. It was really funny. I enjoyed it. He was so excited. He was very excited. It took The Undertaker about 16 hours to get it to the ring. That was okay, because we're used to that. So The Undertaker rambles on. And he says he considers Madison Square Garden one of his homes. And he's not sure how many more times in his career he's going to be able to come home. He said some really weird dead man things, just like The Undertaker does. I love The Undertaker, but sometimes, not that his promos are bad, but if anyone else said them, they would sound absolutely ludicrous. But because it's The Undertaker, it sounded okay. And he was interrupted. Is it The Fiend? I told you yesterday on the Raw show I was going to tell you. No, it wasn't. It was Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, the man with a death wish, interrupts The Undertaker, and he comes to the ring and says, Listen, Taker, you've, I have nothing but respect for you. You've been selling out this venue for 30 years. 30 years. And that's, that's almost legitimate. He's been wrestling that long. And he goes, It's time for you to move on and make way for the new blood. So Undertaker kind of nods and kind of fakes getting out of the ring. And then Sammy is acting like a complete imbecile. And he's like, he thinks that Undertaker has his back to him, I guess. And he's like, yes, I convinced him. Ha ha, I'm Sammy Zayn. I'm so cool. And then, of course, the Undertaker turns around and absolutely destroys him. Choke slams him right on the ground. Sammy Zayn is dead. What did you think of this? I thought it was a fitting end for Sami Zayn. A fitting end for Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn to NXT? No, probably not. Um, I love Sami Zayn, and you don't really like Sami Zayn, is that right? I don't really like Sami Zayn, but I haven't known Sami very long. I feel like you've known him longer, so you have some more so knowledge. You know, I just know this ridiculous Sami. This ridiculous, can't win a match, just yeah. really dumb, yeah. not El Generico Sami Zayn. Not yeah. who should be coming out when the Undertaker is in the ring talking. All I could think was, not you. <laughs> And you, yeah, you even made a joke about that. And and poor, 
poor Sami Zayn. I mean, he's so good. And he gets riddled with such crap. Ugh. Moving on. To Shane McMahon. Oh, boy. So, Shane McMahon finds Chad Gable. And he said, hey, did you hear about Elias' injury? Which is real, by the way. Uh, it looks like Elias injured his ankle. I'm not sure how long he'll be out. Hopefully more to come for that. Uh, and Chad says, yeah. And Shane says, well, what do you think is going to happen? And Chad says, well, I thought I was going to have a bye to the finals. And Shane says, but you're Chad Gable, and you want to be a fighting champion. Is that correct? And Chad said, of course. And Shane said, good. Looks like you're going to wrestle someone that maybe has already been eliminated. Maybe it's someone that's not there, not hasn't been in the, the tournament at all. Maybe it's someone you don't even know. And some people may have thought, oh, is it a big return? Could this be Baron Corbin's opponent? I thought, oh, it's going to be Shane McMahon. Mm. Did you think the same? I did. Yeah. Because he's, he's the best in the world, right? Mm-hmm. He's got the cup and everything. Mm-hmm. It makes total sense. Uh, so that's segment one. For Shane McMahon. More to come from Shane McMahon. What Did you think anything? you want to add anything to this? I just want to add that I, I used to love Shane McMahon. I did too. I love Shane. I was like, Shane, Shane. I can't stand Shane McMahon now. And it's because they've let this go on for so long. It's time for somebody to come out and put a stop to it. Yep. I, I need Vince to walk out and be like, Shane, that's enough. Like, no more. Just this to stop. It's time to it's time to be done with this. Was that your Vince McMahon? That was my Vince McMahon. It's better than mine. I think it is. Can you give me a you're fired? I can't. I'm no? not even gonna go. I'm not even gonna try it. I'm not even gonna try it. Alright. So the first match of the night was the Miz versus Andrade. And this was kind of weird because we had just seen Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura is out on commentary. And it was fine. He was speaking Japanese, and Corey Graves was pretending that he was interpreting. And I know very rudimentary Japanese. When I say rudimentary, I know like 100 words. But I can confirm that he was not interpreting for Shinsuke Nakamura. Not even close. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, But yeah, so the the match was fine. It, It bothered me they made Andrade lose again. But, of course, Miz has to win because he has a match with Shinsuke. I guess technically Shinsuke could have interrupted or something. Um, Which was what I expected, Yeah, to be I, honest with you. I kind of did, too. But it, the match was pretty fine. They did botch the finish, though. Uh, the Miz was supposed to catch Andrade. He was, like, rolling backwards. And he was supposed to catch him. But Andrade actually fell into the Miz, so Miz fell on his butt. Then he stood back up and did the skull-crushing finale on Andrade. It, it was fine. The match was okay. After it was over, Nakamura attacked Miz. What did you think? I think you summed it all up. Okay. <laughs> That's about it. I, I don't have anything to add. Perfect. So I want to talk about this next segment. I know you do too because we talked about it while we were watching it. So Fire and Desire come out and Mandy Rose goes off on how beautiful she is and how ugly Nikki Cross is. And I think I mentioned this to you when we were watching it, but I'm going to I'm gonna do it again for the listeners. So about, I don't know, eight or nine years ago, do you remember Michelle McCool and Layla? Mm, yes. And you definitely remember Mickey James? Yes. Okay. So Michelle McCool and Layla had this storyline where they were calling Mickey James Piggy James. Now, Mickey James is not overweight, 
And Michelle McCool and Layla both very thin. So compared to them, she she weighed more, right? But definitely not an overweight girl. And they called her Piggy James. They created videos showing how she had a pig snout. It was terribly distasteful. And I'm just so glad that in today's WWE, we've moved past that. By the way, Mandy Rose made a whole promo about how ugly Nikki Cross is. Tell me as a woman what you thought of this, BWC. <laughs> I, um, my first thought was just, this is the best that they can come up with for tonight. It just seemed, it seemed like very l- lazy writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to lay it on the writers. I'm going to put this on the writers, who I don't think any of them are women. I feel like, I, I mean, and I could be totally wrong, but that's my read of the situation. These are all male writers. And the best they could come up with is let's send Mandy out there and have her say, I'm so pretty and you're not pretty and you'll never be pretty like me. And I just thought it was really lazy and shallow. And I get that she's supposed to be kind of that type of a character and be kind of shallow and be that way. But it just seemed like we can do better than that. And it seems like it kind of undermines everything that we've we've accomplished. I know eight years ago when I started watching wrestling with you for the first time what they were doing with the divas at that time was nothing compared to what it has become now. So I feel like we've done so much with the women of WWE and and what they're, what they're doing and how hard they're working and, and how they're pushing them. And uh, I don't know. It just seemed out of place. It just seemed really like uh, it fell really flat for me. I didn't like it. Yeah, I, I really agree with you. I really wish we would move from, away from it. I was totally okay last week when in the middle of the match, Mandy Rose was like, you'll never look like me because she does it all the time. Yeah. And it was also great when Alexa goes, nobody wants to look yeah. like you. And everyone <laughs> popped yeah. and they showed it on the WWE social media. It was really funny. That's kind of where we should have dropped it. And either way, they had the Mandy showed a picture of her and a picture of Nikki and like it wasn't a bad picture of Nikki. She was just like, you know, screaming and being crazy like Nikki Cross is. Nikki Cross is so great. Uh, you know, it was a fine picture of Mandy, and she was just comparing. Then Alexa Bliss's music hits, and she comes out and she looks super mad. And then she just like gestures to the entrance ramp. Entrance ramp. Nikki Cross's music plays, and she comes barreling toward the ring. Now, what I would have liked to happen, and I know I complain about squashes a lot. I would have loved to see Nikki Cross beat Mandy Rose in about 90 seconds here. But I know they got a tag team match coming up, so we can't really do that. Either way, the match didn't last very long. And it wasn't unimpressive. There just wasn't a whole lot to it. Nikki Cross did win, so she beat the bully. That's great. Yeah. Uh, any Anything you want to add specifically about this match? Yeah, I mean, I think it's fine with how they did it. You know, how they kind of wrapped it up. And, and I get what they're doing and where they're going with it. Um... Yeah, it just could have, it was just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, okay, well, here we are back to, back to square one, pitting the, you know, the, I think I'm pretty girl against the, I don't think you're pretty girl. Speaking of wrap up, Nikki Cross won with the most dangerous finisher in all of WWE. And that is the roll up. Just out of nowhere, out of nowhere. Made, made no sense. It was frustrating. We go backstage to see Ember Moon. Excuse me, we see Bailey, and Ember Moon comes and says, Bailey, what's going on? You've you've changed. And Bailey says, I'm actually still the same. I'm trying to elevate the women's division, and that's why I've been doing what I've been doing to Becky Lynch and Charlotte. And Ember says, she kind of makes fun of her for losing to Charlotte. 
and says she'll see her in the ring. And then we get Otis and Tucker, who are like e- eating. I think when that what they were mm-hmm. doing, they were just, yeah. Tell me, tell me They're about like this. Making smoothies or something. Yeah. Right? Well, that's right. This is exactly what they it were doing. It was great. It was great. I was like Otis. Anytime I can see Otis, I'm happy. Yeah. I have to say, I'm one of those people who did not get Otis at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Didn't really like Otis. Didn't understand it. Whatever it is, I have I have bought into it. <laughs> And I am all about it. I love Otis. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because I remember eight years ago, you absolutely loved Kofi Kingston. And when we started watching wrestling again, you see the New Day and you you Mm. told me, why is Kofi here with these two idiots? And then like a week or two later, you're like, I love the New Day. And a matter of fact, you have one wrestling shirt right now. And what what shirt is that? That would be Pancake Power. That is Pancake Power. That is correct. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm waiting on my heavy machinery shirt. Yeah, and I think I'll use a Cody Rhodes t-shirt. with my Cody Rhodes shirt. Catch up. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But, yeah, so Tucker's making, like, this giant smoothie, and Otis is going, and being ridiculous in the background. That was a good Otis. Yeah, thank you. I can't do Vince McMahon, but I can do Otis. (laughs) We do Otis. And uh, so Tucker gives Otis this giant blender, and he, like, pours it all over himself. He's got this, like, this ring on his mouth of whatever this junk is. And they're being ridiculous, and we go to commercial, and it was, it was fine. Mm-hmm. Anytime Tucker's on the, I mean, I'm sorry. Anytime Otis is on TV, again, I love Tucker. Don't get me wrong, but Otis is this Otis the star here. Heavy machinery is a thing because of Otis. Um, we have Otis and Tucker come out after the commercial break, and they're pulling their best Viking Raiders impression, <sighs> and they're wrestling some jobbers. Now. I hated this because I think it's absolutely ridiculous when two superstars wrestle two guys that are local and that don't matter. Remember, Primo and Epico are still on the roster. They could have defeated the B-team, who actually had a dark match after the show. But no. They wrestled Johnny Silver and Alex Keaton, which I'm surprised they even had names. Now, I'm okay with it being, I'm not okay with it at all, but I will forgive it if this is a one-time thing and Heavy Machinery gets back on my TV. Otis was as good or better than he's ever been. There was one spot where he, like, took down both of his straps via Kurt, a la Kurt Angle, but instead of Kurt Angle's, you know, cut physique, you have rotund Otis, and he's, like, playing drums on his chest and his stomach, and... It just like made me feel like I was Otis because I do that all the time. And he does the Caterpillar and it was absolutely terrific. It was good. They destroyed these guys in two or three minutes. I think that what bothers me about the jobber matches is that you know who's going to win. Right. You know who's going to win. So that's irritating. And then, like you said, there are other people backstage who could be out here wrestling. We're getting so paid. Why are we? Why are we doing this? And I was so pleased with Raw when the Viking Raiders were not in a jobber match right. this week, and then they did this, and it was it was like a you know it was like oh okay cool good mm-hmm. oh what what are you doing? Yep. So I was I was unhappy, but I'm I'm always happy to see Otis. Yeah, so. we actually talked about it last or last night on the the Raw show. Chris and I did. And uh, how we were very, very happy about the Viking Raiders being in the main event, even though it was done in kind of a weird way. And then we get another jobber tag team match on SmackDown. So, yeah, if it happens next week, as much as we love heavy machinery, especially Otis, 
Not talking about it, guys. Then we have segment number two with Shane McMahon. And he comes backstage. Chad Gable, Matt Hardy, and Apollo Crews are all there. And Shane McMahon's like got his hands over his eyes. And he's like, guys, have you seen Chad Gable? I'm looking for Chad Gable. Because as you all know, Chad Gable is very, very short. Chad Gable's like, I'm, I'm right here, Shane. I'm literally the same size as the two other people you're talking yeah, to. Yeah, he's like two, three inches shorter, maybe. Maybe. Uh, and so Shane goes, oh, I found uh, I found your opponent for tonight, and Elias approves. As a matter of fact, he's very happy that this person could step in. And I thought, definitely Shane McMahon. Mm. And Shane says, tonight, Chad Gable, you will wrestle Shane McMahon. And the only, like, fear would have set down in my gut I thought, there's no way we have Baron Corbin versus Shane McMahon. Although I did say, if you want to get someone to cheer Baron Corbin, <laughs> this would be the way to do it. Did I not? You did. So that could have Which worried me at that point. <laughs> I, I, I then started to think, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. So it was, uh, it was, it was something. It was something. Um, we had Eric Rowan cutting a promo and it was, it was very interesting. And you know, Eric Rowan is, is not the best on the mic. He hasn't had a lot of history in talking and being paired with especially Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan, two of the best talkers in the industry. He doesn't really have to talk. He's 6'10". He's a monster and he murders people and that's what he does and it was fine. This promo was, it was fine. Mm. It wasn't incredible, but it was, it was different. He basically said, you all just see me as a giant brute but I'm actually very smart. I'm a mastermind. Look me in the eye, and then you'll be able to tell. And it was it was a very it was a very unique promo. It wasn't very WWE, and I liked that. And I don't know if he had some creative freedom, or if the uh, Vince McMahon said, you know what, get Dan O'Brien to help you do this promo. Either way, I, I really enjoyed it. Roman Reigns came out. The two of them fought for a little while. Uh, they actually went out into the crowd. <laughs> Eric Rowan picked up a fan. It was, of course, a plant, but picked up a fan in a power hope. bomb. Yeah, we hope. We very much hope in a power bomb position and throws him over the guardrail into Roman Reigns and like six security guys. And they fight up the ramp. And Rowan gets what I'm I'm told is called a camera jib, which is like the the big apparatus that the camera's on, and slams it into into Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan. Gets the upper hand on Roman Reigns at the go-home show for Clash of Champions. What did you think? Well, that was very interesting. Uh, and I agree about the promo. I was, I'm watching and I was actually thinking, you know, we haven't really heard him talk at all. And this is pretty good for kind of the first, second time, I guess, he's, mm-hmm. he's talked before. But to really have him on the mic for an, a, a certain amount of time, uh, it was it was good. It was very yep. interesting. Um, yeah. It makes me happy to see people that don't generally talk, get that opportunity. Mm. And you have some people like, God bless Ricochet, who's one of the best in-ring workers in the world right now. But the poor guy just, he can't work a microphone. But it's it's nice to see people get the opportunity. And someone like Eric Rowan, who hasn't really talked much in his whole career, be able to do it now that he's been around so long, it, it, I really, really enjoyed it. And I thought he did just fine. And I think that he will probably get better as time goes on. I really do. Segment number three with Shane McMahon. So he's in the back 
and Kevin Owens comes up and says, you wanted to see me, Shane? And he says, yeah, I've been thinking really hard since last week. And Kevin's like, actually, it's been a couple weeks. And Shane goes, yeah, whatever. And he says, I really wanted to, to let you know that I can forgive this $100,000 fine. I just, I need you to do a job for me. And he hands Kevin Owens a referee shirt. And he's, he says, I need, you to, I need you to do the right thing. And Kevin's like, you want me to call it down the middle? And Shane's like, do the right thing. And he walks away. So segment number three with Shane McMahon. So after Rowan, we had Bailey versus Ember Moon. And I don't know why the WWE hates Ember Moon. Other than who I consider the main event women, which are some of the four horsewomen and Asuka, basically. Ember Moon is my absolute favorite. She is so good in the ring. She has a very unique look. Her finisher is the coolest women's finisher in the entire company. And you might could even take the word women's out of there. I mean, it's a forward flip Stone Cold Stunner. It's so awesome. And she lost in like six minutes. And it drove me crazy. I don't know why. I love Ember Moon. It was frustrating. But yeah, Bailey Beater with the, the belly to Bailey or Bailey to belly, whatever. Her finisher, by the way, is terrible. Nothing against Bailey. I love Bailey. Her finisher's bad. What did you think? Uh, agreed. I I love Ember Moon. I'd like to see more happening with her. Um, and the belly to Bailey is not impressive. No, it's not. <laughs> not for a finisher. For a move, okay, fine. But uh, and I think we've talked about that recently. There's there's a few things that they either finishers are not finishing the job right or the finisher is weak compared to other moves that the wrestler does right and it's like well why isn't that your finisher exactly it looks much better and it looks like it should put somebody away right so so um but yeah after the match charlotte flair was out there on commentary because we have to have wrestlers on commentary shinsuke was out there earlier now charlotte's out here she got in the ring she taunted bailey but like when I say she taunted her, like it was almost like you're playing a video game and you grab the controller and you press the directional pad, which causes a taunt. That's kind of what she did. She just did like random arm motions, which is a little weird, <laughs> but whatever. Charlotte Flair's good. We'll, we'll give her a pass. This next segment was pretty cool. And I, I, if you listened to that Raw episode yesterday, you know that we really enjoyed it. And it was a really, really good show. Chris and I actually both gave it a really good grade. Spoiler alert, not happening Not happening here. But I do want to talk about something really good that happened on this show. And Kofi Kingston was out there, and he was talking a little bit about his match with Randy Orton at the Clash of Champions. And as he's talking, you hear, stupid, 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 stupid. And Randy Orton comes out, essentially in the crowd and he's goading Kofi Kingston on who obviously is going to accept the challenge. Well, Kofi comes out and maybe Kofi is stupid because every single week Randy Orton catches him in a trap and Randy Orton had a steel chair in his hands and Kofi didn't see it. So he's beating Kofi down, but it's okay because Kofi Kingston is not going to stay down. He actually got the chair from Randy and started beating him up. And if you'll remember, 10 years ago, in Madison Square Garden, 
Kofi Kingston jumps off the guardrail and does the boom drop onto Randy Orton on a table. And he they actually showed that video while Kofi was talking. Well, the exact same thing happened. And it's funny because actually on the first table, Kofi was on it, and they accidentally broke it. They didn't even sell it because like Randy hit it with a chair and it broke. So Kofi had to grab a second table, which I'm assuming they always have in the WWE. I don't know. It's not like tables accidentally break very often. But he set it up, and he flew, man. Like, he didn't just, like, jump straight down. The table was set up a decent ways away, and he jumped on him, did the boom drop, and landed on his feet. Looked great. This segment was awesome. And Kofi and Randy are... Man, SmackDown hasn't been very good the last couple weeks. It was good for a while, and the last couple weeks it's been kind of struggling. But their stuff is always good, and they can really hold up this brand. I, I'm i not sure I want this to go on, but it's just a good feud. It really is, and I love this segment. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this feud. I like what's happening and uh, am you know, waiting to see what happens next. Um, and I never really cared for Randy Orton. I think I've said that before, Mm -hmm. but I'm starting, I really like, I like this, this version of Randy Orton. I like him on the mic, giving Kofi a hard time. Um, I love Kofi Kingston. So this is, uh, this is good. I like it. Randy Orton's really good at being a jerk. And we've said in our shows before, he's really good when he's, when he has lackeys. So the revival weren't on this show, but this pairing with him and the revival, which I hope continues on. I'm not sure it will, but I hope it does. It, it elevates all three of them. And it's really great. Segment four in the main event with Shane McMahon. So Kevin Owens is in the ring. We'll come back from commercial. He's got his little referee shirt on. Chad Gable comes out. Then Shane comes out and he puts the King of the Ring crown inside the cup because he's holding his best in the world cup. And as sick as I was of seeing Shane McMahon, when his music hit and he came out with the best of the world cup, I might have marked just a little bit. (laughs) I might have. Like, I literally laughed out loud and I'm like, this is so perfect. I am so glad that he's bringing this cup to the ring. Um, So he actually leaves it by the, the, the chair, the King of the Ring, the throne, and Puts the crown inside the cup. It was terrific. He gets in the ring. They wrestle for 30 seconds. Chad Gable does a German suplex. And Kevin Owens fast counts it. And Chad Gable advances to the finals. But hold on! Because Shane McMahon gets gets on the mic and says, No, 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 no. We're going to make this a two out of three falls match now. Which made me cringe a little bit because... A few months ago, they had all these terrible two out of three falls matches for really stupid reasons. The exact same thing happened. One person got pinned absolutely immediately, just they go to commercial break. But that's like that's like wrestling PTSD. So we're gonna we're gonna move forward. I'm gonna take some deep breaths. We're gonna get right past that. So Shane McMahon and Chad Gable are wrestling. Chad Gable gets the upper hand on Shane multiple times, and Kevin Owens is doing slow counts. And I just don't know why. I don't know. I think what probably happened is his first count wasn't really supposed to be a fast count, and it just kind of came off that way. I didn't really see Shane, like, insult him or or, or threaten him or anything. But 
either way, in the end of a, a pretty decent match, there was one spot where Shane McMahon picks up Chad Gable in a torture rack and flips him over and hits him with a neck breaker. And that was a really cool spot. But it ended with Chad Gable putting Shane McMahon in an ankle lock and Shane McMahon tapping out. And so Chad like marches around the ring. He's very happy. He's a very happy person. He basically is a puppy, right? Because when everyone's mean to him, he's like all sad. But whenever he's happy, he's just ecstatic. Mm -hmm. So instead of Shorty G, we should call him Puppy Gable. (laughs) I should write for WWE. Mm. That's perfect. So Chad Gable celebrating and Shane McMahon stands up. And he's kind of limping. And Kevin says, what do you want me to do? You were tapping. I couldn't not ring the bell. He would have kept the move on. And Shane's like, yeah, you're right. Then Kevin turns around and Shane McMahon clotheslines him in the back of the head. He does some punches on him, like on top of his head and with the, the microphone. And he says, Kevin Owens, you're fired. And we fade to black. What'd you think? Uh, I thought, I actually liked the way they handled this. I, I thought if they're going to do it with, you're going to write in Shane, it's got to be Shane, and he's going to face Chad Gable. Um, with the, no, now it's a two out of three falls match. I actually didn't have a problem with that because it was part of the story. So in the past you know, a couple weeks ago or however long it's been now, when we were having two out of three matches where the purpose was let's have the first fall go real fast so we can go to commercial break and then come back and finish the match. That was dumb. That was ridiculous. And they were doing it all the time. So again, you were anticipating it. You knew what was going to happen and it had nothing to do with anything except we need to get to the commercial break. But this was actually for the story. So it was, oh, Oh, I, I, well, I can't lose. So now it's a two out of three falls match. So I thought that was that was actually fine because um, it fit the story. And uh, you know, I, I thought you know Shane taps out, so that that works out well for Kevin Owens because it kind of saves face for him. He doesn't really have to make a choice. Um, you know, am I gonna, am I gonna, you know, call it call it right, or am I gonna try to skew it so Shane wins? He he didn't have to do that. Like he said, what could I do? You were tapping, uh, so you know, I found it uh, as satisfying as it could be. I think, yeah. given the situation. Although it was very strange that the main event was Shane McMahon versus Chad Gable. This is strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, better than last week's main event, which was uh something ridiculous, wasn't it? Wasn't it? I'm trying to remember now. Now I see. Oh yeah, that. it was Shinsuke versus the Jobber. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You're right. Yeah. Much better. That is correct. Yeah. Um, Chad Gable actually got a decent pop. He didn't get as good as he did last week, but you know what? I hope that this is a star in the making. Chad Gable's an awesome wrestler, so we'll see. Carol, if you were to grade this show, what do you think you would grade it? Mm. Well. I'm going to give it a B, just kind of a flat B. I enjoyed this show. It was very enjoyable to watch. Uh, you know, I had a little issue with the, the Mandy Rose segment. Didn't like that Heavy Machinery was wrestling jobbers, but I did enjoy seeing them. Uh, you know, the Shane McMahon thing was a little predictable because we're sitting there watching going, it's going to be Shane. But maybe they meant for that to happen. Uh, but as I said, I did like the way they wrapped it up. So everything considered and everything else that happened in the middle was was decent. So for me, I'd say a B. Okay. I'm going to say that 
as my beautiful wife, I am so glad that you enjoyed this week's version of SmackDown, but I didn't. And I think part of it was because Raw was so good Mm. and there were so many good matches and so many cool segments. And this just really fell flat. I'm looking over the results of the show and the main event was, it was fine. And then the Randy Orton, Kofi Kingston stuff was really good. But there was nothing else on this show that made me go, wow. And there was a lot on this show that made me go, oh. This show was, gosh, I don't even know if I'd say it was average. I think I'm going to have to go C-. minus. Wow. I, I just... Harsh. Ugh, I don't know. There was It wasn't great. Yeah. Also, guys, where's Buddy Murphy? Where's Daniel Bryan? Mm. Where is Alistair Black? He's back in his room. I actually have an idea. You know, NXT is coming to USA Live. Uh, I think they could use some good wrestlers. Not Daniel Bryan. But, look, I just want Alistair Black to wrestle. And if the solution is to put him back on NXT, that's fine. The rumor right now is that Kevin Owens is going to NXT. I don't really want that, but it would be cool because it'd be some really, really great matches. Can you imagine Kevin Owens versus Adam Cole at the next NXT TakeOver? I can. I'm really excited about it right now, so I'm rethinking everything. Please send Kevin Owens to NXT. No, I just, I don't really want a lot of the main roster guys to move to NXT, especially if the second rumor is true and 205 Live is closing and is going to be folded into NXT. It's still just a two-hour show, and you got to get the if it's going to be your developmental if it's even if it's a third brand if it's going to be your developmental and you need these guys that don't have a lot of experience to get some airtime if you bring a lot of a lot of established stars into the show they're not going to have that time no because your fans are going to want to see your stars at Correct. that point and that's all you're not going to have enough time right so I, I I don't know I'm kind of mixed on it but we'll. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. What I really hope happens is Kevin Owens shows up on SmackDown next week and beats the crap out of Shane McMahon, and he continues to do that until Hell in a Cell. That's that's what I want to see. Um, also, I think this is the third time Shane or uh, Kevin Owens has either quit or gotten fired. I'm not sure, but I don't know. I mean, it's not like he's going anywhere. He's great. WWE love him. So, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 24 of Wrestle Life Radio. My name is Matt. I'm here with BWC. That is a beautiful wife, Carol. Carol, where can they follow you on Instagram and yeah, on Instagram. On Instagram, you can find me on Instagram at Carolson. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Wrestle Life Matt. You can follow us all on Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio and on Twitter at Wrestle Life Pod. I hope you all have a wonderful day. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Chris and I actually. We'll be back tomorrow with picks for Clash of Champions. Have a really great day, guys. Baby!